Welcome to the Colon Cancer Podcast, stories of struggle, hope, and survival in the face of colorectal cancer. I'm Lee Silverstein. Welcome to episode 19 of the Colon Cancer Podcast. I really appreciate you taking the time to listen. And speaking of listening, I'm just so excited that since we've launched this podcast back in February, the response has really been overwhelming. And we are coming upon a big number, a big milestone. We are very close to achieving 5,000 downloads of the Colon Cancer Podcast, which is absolutely incredible. And I would ask that if you enjoy what you've heard, if you find these uh, interviews and stories that are being shared by uh, those folks that we speak to, if you find them inspiring and informative, please help us spread the word. Uh, leave your comments on our Facebook page, the Colon Cancer Podcast Facebook page within the Blue Hope Nation Colon Cancer Alliance Facebook group. Uh, the more exposure we can give to the podcast, the more we will allow people who are looking for this, this information and looking to hear stories shared by survivors of how they've been able to manage through this disease and overcome this disease in many instances, the better off uh, we will all be. So thank you in advance for that. Speaking of the Colon Cancer Alliance, uh, I'm thrilled to uh, let you know that they are official. They are now an official supporter of the Colon Cancer Podcast. If you go on the Colon Cancer Alliance's website at ccalliance.org, you'll see we're part of the scroll that uh, runs across the top of their homepage. And we and I really appreciate uh, what they've done to help also spread the message of what we're doing and, and throw their support behind this project. I also want to let you know, big announcement, that the Colon Cancer Alliance's annual conference is coming up in October, October 30th and 31st in Phoenix, Arizona. Uh, a great lineup of speakers and seminars and a chance to meet and connect with other people that have been affected by colon cancer. I had the chance to attend the conference in Miami in the fall of 2013, and it was truly memorable and a wonderful experience. I really encourage you to check it out. Look up uh, the information on the website, which is coloncancerconference.org. There is scholarships available for those of you who might have some financial challenges that you think may prohibit you from attending. You can apply for a scholarship and ask for assistance. Uh, those money, there is money available for people, but it is first come first serve. So go on the website again, it's colincancerconference.org for more information. I hope I get a chance to meet not just the people that I've had the pleasure of interviewing, but meet many more folks, uh, face to face at the conference in Phoenix this fall. Moving on to this week's episode, my guest this week is Jean DiCarlo Wagner. Jean was first diagnosed with colon cancer back in 2003 and came through and is now uh, no evidence of disease. She's progressed very nicely, but like so many of us, really had a hard time getting through the treatment and managing the side effects and, and you know finding a way to just cope with all of the challenges that we all face until she discovered yoga. 
and yoga really spoke to Jean. She went on to become a certified yoga instructor and now works with cancer patients and colon cancer patients, providing yoga instruction uh, for those who, who need it. And one of the more interesting things that she's done is she offers yoga classes by phone the third Thursday of every month. This is yoga that you can take laying in a recliner, using a real yoga mat if you already are familiar with yoga, so doing it the traditional way, or if all you can do is just muster the strength and ability just to do it lying in bed with some pillows, you can do it that way too. As a matter of fact, when you look at the Colon Cancer Podcast website, when I po- uh, with the posting of this episode, you'll see some photos that Jean was kind enough to share with me, showing you her doing some of this yoga while lying in bed. So join me now for my conversation with Jean DiCarlo Wagner. Hi, Jean. How are you? Thank you so much for making the time to speak with me this evening. Well, Lee, I'm really glad to be here. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's my pleasure. Uh, what an interesting story. But before we get into you and, and yoga and all the great things that uh, you're doing to help others, tell me about your journey through uh, colon cancer and how you came to be where you are today. Well, thank you for letting me share my story because I believe many people are, are still living my story, unfortunately. We are getting better at early intervention and prevention but we're not there yet. Um, I was not feeling well, and I was around 44, 45, 46, going to the doctors with complaints like, I'm fatigued, I have night sweats, um, my low back hurts, I'm bloated, and um, not at all that my doctor was not listening to me, but he, you know, like I didn't put the symptoms together into a cluster and, and he didn't either. So, um, you know, I took some time off from work. Uh, I was diagnosed as depressed. I went on an antidepressant and, you know, things really dragged on for a while until finally I was starting not to be able to eat much of anything. And, just felt felt really lousy. I knew something was really wrong. And I think a lot of people say that when you get to the point where something is really wrong, your body is somewhat sending those signals. Uh, and the, the, the reason it concerns me that nothing really was, was done is because I have a history, a family history of inflammatory bowel disease. My sister and five first cousins have Crohn's. So that should have been um, an alert signal for for me and for my doctor to, to be scoped at age 40. But by the time I couldn't eat, I literally um, was in a, a big chain store and Katie Couric came over the loudspeaker and she listed as a public service announcement every single symptom that I had been having. And I just went, that's what's wrong with me. I have colon cancer. And I just knew because I, I felt so bad. I really did feel like I was dying by the point that I hadn't been able to eat and was then losing weight. 
so a sigmoidoscopy was done in the office, should have shown the tumor, but I was not clean or clear, so it, it didn't show anything. But just on, to be on the safe side, my doctor said, I'll send you for a colonoscopy. I had to wait another three weeks in, in really agony because the tumor had eaten through the wall into the nerve and um, I had two lymph nodes that had tumors in them. So on tax day, 2003, I had uh, 12 inches of sigmoid colon removed and then began um, after three weeks of recovering, uh, six months of 5-FU and leucovorin. Oxaliplatin was in testing at that time, and I asked about it, but my doctor said, oh, no, you have garden variety colon cancer, so this is, this is the treatment. And thankfully, it, it worked. Um, and now, of course, oxaliplatin is pretty standard for stage 3 disease. But uh, I was uh, pretty devastated by the effects of chemotherapy. I chose not to have um, steroids. I was concerned about my bone health. Uh, if I was going to live, I was concerned about my bone health. So the side effects were you know, pretty devastating. I spent most of that six months in bed, except pretty much the day before treatment. Um, I felt okay, and then I would be down again. I see. So you went through the the six-month protocol, but you did not have the oxyplatin, and you did not get the benefit of the steroids, which for many of us, myself included, uh, help, does help ward off a lot of those side effects. So this was uh, especially challenging for you. But before I get into more details, what's the status of you of where you are now? Um, I am currently, you know, considered. I guess to me that I, I I like the word remission because the. Um, at, at year seven, when I went into my doctor, I was going to have to change health plans. That's a whole other discussion. But, you know, I needed to change health plans because of money. And so I wasn't going to be able to see him, uh, the oncologist that I had seen. And I said, well, I don't want to come anymore. I'm not, I don't know what I would do, but I'm, I'm tired of living, you know, with being checked so carefully. And so he looked at me and he said, well, uh, I'm just going to put down here that you don't have to come anymore. And, you know, he wrote cure in the notes, but I think that was more for him than for me because he said, if you have any problems, you make sure you get seen right away. And I said, yeah, I, I understand. But he was so sure in the beginning that um, I would have metastatic disease. He did a, a bone scan because he said, this will be helpful in the future. I didn't understand what he was talking about. I just, you know, I entered the world of, you know, cancerdom with like deer and headlights. I, I just did what I was told to do. Um, and that, that's all I really knew to do. And so becoming an advocate and helping others and 
supporting others is, is very important to me. One of the things that I thought was interesting, because you talked about how difficult it was getting through the side effects, but you found some unique ways to, to get through. But there was, two, there was a phrase in, the, in your bio that really struck a chord with me. And you wrote that you embraced laughter. Tell me about that. I, you know, read the book Anatomy of the Spirit and um, Love, Laughter, Medicine, and I read all the really soul books that it spoke to me. And and it, it seemed like sort of a no-brainer, you know. I do love to laugh. I have a funny sense of humor. I like to play practical jokes. And um, I watched a lot of things and I read and I looked, I looked for the humor. Um, and some, some people say that humor is really an expression. There's sadness underneath it. And that may be true. Um, but I, I just knew that that was going to be, it, it, it just appealed to the funny bone in me. So, um, I did that and I haven't talked about this, aspect, but I also, being an elementary school teacher for many, many years, about uh, 28 years when I retired, I started, you know, right away at 21 teaching kids. And so teachers love to organize things. I had 26 weekly uh, doses to get through of chemo. So I made myself a pocket chart. I sewed together two pieces of uh, fabric and made, you know, sewed 26 pockets. And in those pockets, I put a little angel rock that I paint, and I would love to send you some to give out. And I put uh, a little token of angels and other little precious sayings on this little token. And when I would go into the cancer center to, to get my treatment, I looked for someone who looked in worse shape than I did, and I would give them the token. But I put the rocks down in different places in the center and just left a little note. You know, if you find this, this is your angel. And by the time I, I left, everybody, <laughs> you know. I love it. <laughs> That's awesome. And I had this chart um, that showed me that I was moving toward, you know, the end of my treatment. And I had a, I had something to do. I guess I'm the kind of person that needs to have a purpose. And it made me feel not so much of a victim, but as in camaraderie with people that were experiencing what I was experiencing. Yeah, that's, that's so interesting. I, I, I love the to give back in the spirit of, of, of making, you know, the journey about helping others as well. Now, I want to get to the really the, the, the main topic and kind of what you've become known for in the colon cancer community, and that's yoga. Talk to me about how you got into yoga first and how yoga was also a part of your recovery. Yes. Uh, well, in my late 20s, um, my husband and I are originally from New Jersey. 
we came out to San Diego where we still live. And um, it's a huge shift north, north, northeast to southwest. And so I went to therapy and the therapist said, you know, Jean, you're really your nervous wreck. So I think you should go to yoga. Well, thank goodness, you know, I was out in the Southwest and, you know, that was something that she would recommend, right? You could just see that not happening in the Northeast. Nothing. Not to be, my brain is on, is on freeze for a sec. Not, not to uh, uh, be, be stereotypical, but uh, a real California thing, yes. if you will. <laughs> yes, I'm sorry, but it was, so, it was so California. And she was so right. So, of course, I, I, you know, I went. I'm a pretty, I'm pretty obedient girl. So uh, I found a class, and, of course, it was very heavy-duty vinyasa, very flow. And at that age, that's really what I needed to get out all of the energy and the angst and, you know. But – at the end of class, when the teacher would have us lie down in a quiet, still, shavasana it's called, you know, this five minutes of quiet, I would leave the class. I said, I need that five minutes in my head. I'm going, I need that five minutes to, you know, get on to whatever I'm doing. So uh, that is my, you know, basic personality. And over time, I of course, changed the practices of yoga as I aged and as my body changed and I went through different things. So, but, but at 48, 47, yeah, I was diagnosed the week I turned 47. I was doing um, three classes of moderate yoga, two, two low aerobic classes and weights. So I was in pretty good shape. Uh, and I knew nothing about restorative yoga. So when I, but I did learn to love Shavasana. I, I did over those 20 years learn to love Shavasana. So in, while I was recovering and in bed an awful lot, aside from praying and, uh, meditating, which is a part of yoga, I was just gently stretching and moving and, that's what I could do. I wasn't able to do anything close to what I had been doing. So after, after cancer, um, I got retired early because my prognosis was that poor. Um, so I found myself, you know, close to 50 with a daughter about ready to go on to college, um, in a, out without a career and, without without knowing how long I would be around. It was very scary. And it was, it felt a lot scarier to me than during the cancer treatment itself, because I had a purpose, I was going to survive. And it was a very single pointed purpose. But after that, you know, what was I going to do to live? And so I, I tried to go back to regular exercise. And there was just there was no way. I didn't have strength, stamina, breath control. I had nothing. Um, and it was it was frightening and confusing and upsetting, frustrating and uh, hard, hard. So I did go back um, 
I did go back to a therapist who specialized in chronic illness. And she helped me uncover what was it that I really loved. And of course, because I'm a teacher, I love to learn. And then it was a matter of figuring out what did I want to learn about? Well, at the same time, I was working at home trying to do some form of yoga. And I found this tape and I could only do the first five minutes of the tape. And it was simply breathing and stretching and focusing energy, but it made me feel good. And I kept doing that five minutes over and over and over and over until I worked up doing that same five minutes for four times. And I thought, I can't be the only one that's this devastated by the effects of chemotherapy. And um, so it was like one of those bing moments. It's like, I know I want to learn about yoga and I want to help other cancer patients uh, with yoga. But there was nothing, there was no formal training. It was very new in 2000 and by the time I finished 2004, 2005. Um, so I asked the director of the YMCA that I had worked out for many years. I said, if I become a yoga teacher, can I teach cancer patients? And she said, oh, yeah. So I took a weekend course and began teaching a class. Um, and over time, as you and I well know, the experience of what students taught me is that not all of us uh, get well. Some of us live with cancer and do the best that we can. And so my classes evolved into a very gentle place that anyone can benefit. And now, of course, the research is very clear that gentle restorative yoga uh, helps our immune system, our nervous system. And so it was a good evolution. You know, I started out in a very adaptive yoga way and then ended up uh, teaching in, in a very restorative way. That's fascinating. What did spending time at the YMCA teaching restorative yoga to cancer patients. What did you get from that, Jean? I got to offer people what, it, what I needed and was not available. So, uh, you know, I was a resource specialist. I'm, I was trained to look for gaps in children's education and to me, this was taking the skills and just looking at the gaps in what is missing in exercise and yoga. And um, it simply, you know, didn't exist for me. So being able to offer what I needed was very healing. Uh, and then to have the privilege of people trusting me, knowing that I was, you know, really green as a yoga teacher, but my heart was there. And uh, I continued to seek out trainings that would allow me to become an even better instructor. Um, I took trainings for seniors, senior yoga, because many of us experience what um, 
people that are aging experience. We have balance issues, vision issues, bone issues, joint issues, scar tissue. So I just logically thought about, you know, what would help me be a better teacher? So I began taking trainings um, that would make me better um, and, and, and to be able to offer more. And then I found through my students being in community, because in the very first thing in all my classes, we say our names and anything else we want to say or say nothing at all, but that we're there together in this sacred space. So for me, um, it, it's, it is a spiritual experience as well as a form of exercise. You also provide this uh, service, for lack of a better word. I don't even know if I like that word, but you, you provide this opportunity for others to experience yoga who are hundreds, if not thousands, miles away. Talk about how you do that. Um, years ago, uh, working with Suzanne Lindley and BeatLiverTumors.org, she is a 17-year stage 4 cancer colorectal survivor. Uh, she is an inspiration to me. And through her, uh, she had an online group, and I would post little pictures of animal animals doing yoga-like poses and, you know, call them jeans yoga tips. I still do that. And so I would just post and talk about yoga. And I don't know, I think I had just had this idea that I said, Suzanne, I'd like to be able to offer yoga over the phone. She said, well, go for it. So I found the free conference call and I started to offer yoga and people will show up on the phone. Um, because the yoga I offer is working deeply on using continuous breath to build stamina. So talking through how to um, co-create that nice, relaxing, full diaphragmatic breath. And then gentle range of motion, like um, allow your hand to rest at your hip and now bring your hand to your heart. Now let's match that with your breath. So inhaling to your heart and exhaling back to your hip. So giving directions on gentle yoga and then deep uh, meditation piece. And um, I, this, the number of people grew that were coming. So I needed a more stable service than freeconferencecall.com, which is wonderful, but it's not stable. And so uh, Colon Town, which is a um, support group on Facebook, uh, offered me a more stable service. So now I put it out um, through on all social media that I'm doing this and, uh, you know, slowly, slowly growing the third Thursday yoga. Uh, many people that come are the ones that cannot get out of the house. It's not easy to get down on the floor. And so, you know, it's not, it's, it doesn't have to happen. I mean, if you're home, you can lie in bed, you can lie on a couch, you can be in a recliner or you could be on the floor 
but it allows people to connect. And I hope with the, the advancements in technology, I'll be able to do this, you know, virtually with the, at least our faces so we can see one another. But it's built a quite lovely community, uh, opening up that sacred space and being together, even if we're uh, miles apart, when we're on the phone together and breathing together, you know, we're, we're one. Sure, I understand. I'm seeing, you know, probably not enough, but more and more uh, cancer centers. Uh, uh, I'm a former patient of Moffitt Cancer. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm a former patient of Memorial Sloan Kettering in New York. And when you go on their website, there's quite a bit of information there on alternative therapies, even uh, herbs and supplements and things like that. So uh, I don't know about you, but I am seeing more and more places starting to embrace, embrace these alternative forms of treatment. Ideally, what would your dream be, Gene, as far as what uh, comprehensive care would look like in the future as it relates to things like yoga and um, perhaps acupuncture and things along those lines? Yes. Well, it is evolving. Um, I have gone here in San Diego, the University of um, at California, at San Diego, the uh, medical college is does have an integrative health program, and I they have free lectures every month, and uh, I go and listen to what is happening, and have attended some incredible uh, integrative conferences. So. I, you know, I can see what is happening. It's just not happening fast enough. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I have a vision of uh, centers uh, offering everything that they that is supportive of uh, what a cancer patient might benefit from, and. I just see the whole, the whole spectrum. That now the way that it works here in San Diego is there's not one place. It's not a place you can go to, but there are satellites all over the city. But not everything is offered at every satellite. So if somebody gets hooked into the integrative system, um, they're going to be traveling quite a bit, and you know that's just rough on cancer patients. Yeah, definitely. So um, whether the service, you know, goes out to them, um, I eventually did move my class to a little uh, yoga studio, a mom and pop yoga studio um, out of the Y because the the Y, um, as supportive as they were, um, restorative yoga needs tons of props and it's very... uh, expensive and it's intensive to keep the cleanliness, you know, all of this. So I wasn't really, I, the class kept growing and I really wasn't able to keep up with the amount of props that each person needed. So I decided to move the class to a studio that's already has all the props in place. So we have to make an investment in quality of life 
and um, I, the centers, hospital centers themselves, although um, I was asked to teach in a infusion center and I said, I don't think I could do that because it just makes me nauseous to even enter. You know, the mind-body connection is, is a real strong connection. So I wasn't sure how many people would show up to have, you know, yoga in a infusion center. But um, community centers, uh, we did have, in 2001, my sister had gone through breast cancer and we had a wellness community. And in that wellness community, there was a library of research, there was meditation, there was yoga, uh, there were group sessions, but the money got broken up. And so instead of a central location, it was pushed out to all these different places. I couldn't even find the yoga when I looked in 2003. So all the things, uh, I, I even support groups are, are hard, hard to find. Now they're online. And the reason I think I've gone online is to do a lot of my work is because I know that this is a platform that people are using, but I'd like to see it all. You know, I want the whole thing. I, I would like, you know, places for people to meet face to face in a centralized location that's, you know, ready for them and all the things that we know nutrition can be helpful. Uh, meditation can be incredibly helpful, hypnosis. Um, so we have this wellness uh, plan that's supposed to be in place, and I haven't really seen that work the way I believe it was intended to work. Um, what I see happening is people filling out a form and saying, you know, well, uh, the American Cancer Society offers group support, and, you know, they're kind of letting cancer patients who are pretty devastated um, do their own research, do their own follow-up. So we need some hand-holding. No question about it. You know, the last thing someone with in that situation needs to do is be uh, shopping around for their own support. Uh, so, yeah, no, I, I, I couldn't agree more. Let me ask you this, Gene. How has this whole experience for you, the, the journey through colon cancer and what you're doing now to give back to those affected by cancer, how has this changed you? How has, what would the Jean who used to live in New Jersey before cancer say if she met the Jean today as far as how you've changed? Um. <laughs> Yeah, that's, I see, um, I have chosen to be very public and I think I'm basically shy, kind of funny, um, you know, comfortable in my little home environment. And now I have chosen to put a voice to, you know, colorectal cancer and to wellness issues around yoga and the benefits. So... I've had to learn how to um, just have, a, you know, that personality that knows that this is important and forget about, you know, my shyness or, you know, this, the, just put myself and my in the back and do what needs to be done. 
So getting interviewed, um, speaking in crowds, <laughs> that's not what I thought I would be doing. I just, you know, thought I would be working with kids forever. I see. Um, it's my hope that uh, each one of these podcast episodes attracts some new listeners. And I think for a lot of people, there's a preconceived notion, Gene, as to what yoga is. Uh, I know I had it. You know, people contorting their bodies in odd positions and, um, you know, having to be very flexible and somewhat athletic. And I know that that's not the case, but they, there is that, that, that preconceived notion out there. I'm sure there are people listening who are struggling with their side effects, who are struggling just in general dealing with their, with their colon cancer diagnosis. Uh, what would you say to those folks to encourage them to look into this uh, yoga as a way to help uh, their physical and mental uh, healing? Yes, you're right. Um, the, the larger uh, societal view of, of yoga is still a very active and, and maybe even a young sort of uh, exercise. And yet this ancient practice was really put together with the purpose of leading one toward uh, meditation and inward into the journey uh, deeply into self. And of course, we know cancer immediately, a diagnosis of cancer does that immediately. Um, so I think I posted pictures of myself doing yoga in bed in pajamas uh, with about seven pillow props. So uh, I really do put myself out there, what I'm going through, what I'm doing, and if a person needs to, we do need to look a little bit. There are now people that are trained to work with cancer patients, but we can ask questions. You know, I want to be, I want a restorative class. I want somebody that understands about what surgeries I've gone through. And is this your studio? Is this happening in your place? We have to ask those questions. And right now we need to advocate uh, in that way, because it's just not, it's not everywhere. And we, people can get hurt even in regular yoga, even a healthy person. Um, so I'm not saying that you should just go to any yoga class. Uh, I'm saying that um, up on my website, um, you can find hours of down, free downloads of yoga and meditation and it's specifically made for cancer patients and what is that website gene uh yogabean.net so instead of yoga and doing it's yoga b b e i n g yogabean.net and so any of our friends that are uh going through treatment or suffering some of those difficult effects post-treatment, they can visit that site and uh, get some tips on restorative yoga that could even be done while lying in bed. Yes, absolutely done. Yeah, I think there's uh, 44 
tracks. Uh, it'll direct you to SoundCloud, where I host all of that work because it, it, it's just easier to have in one spot. But the, the website just will direct you out. And then people can see and see for themselves. They, you know, it's an experience. So I want people to feel like I can uh, do this at home. I can find out for myself. And, and then if they get more curious, um, they can go on and, you know, find out if there's something in their community. But more and more, uh, especially in the bigger cities, we're seeing yoga that sometimes it's even called bliss yoga where there's uh, large chimes and you know it's all about relaxing because we're we're moving so fast anymore every 18 months technology doubles so everything you know our whole mindset and of course when we're going through treatment there's a certain amount of you know adrenaline just coursing through our bodies so the idea that we might be able to spend an hour a week in in a quiet you know, self-reflective setting in, in, in a way to move within the integrity of our breath without pushing uh, boundaries, but just to feel good. Um, we're, we're each given this day, and that's what makes, to me, all of us equal. We're just given this 24 hours and as much wellness as we can have in that time. That's That's what I'm want to promote and how do people access uh the uh, support that you offer via phone gene i do post that on uh, my facebook page which is yoga being and i post the times and the the call-in number and uh, i would love to have people join in um Anytime they, they are curious enough to pick up the phone and you don't really have to say anything. You can, you can actually lurk on the phone um, <laughs> <laughs> and you can just call in and then you star six and mute yourself. All those directions are on the yoga being page. Okay. Well, I will also uh, post all of the things that you mentioned on my website as well at the colon cancer podcast.com. And I will uh, post the link to your site, uh, your Facebook page. Uh, if you wanted to share a few photos uh, that I can include too, that people can kind of see what this looks like, who may be a little hesitant to uh, uh, jump into this without kind of getting a better picture of what this means. So uh, if you don't mind, you said you put it out there. If you don't mind, I'll be happy to post that picture of you in bed in your pajamas doing yoga. Yes, so I believe I can took, see it. <laughs> yes, I believe I took 13 pictures or so. I had my husband at the foot of the bed. And of course, I was directing him in a few pictures and I, I cut those pictures. out. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Well, Jean, thank you so much, uh, not just for spending time with me this evening, but for all that you do to help so many and make a difference in the lives of so many. I, I wish you continued success continued good health and and thank you again thank you so much lee thank you for this time my pleasure be well you too bye now
Thanks for listening to today's episode of the Colon Cancer Podcast. Notes from this episode can be found on our website at thecoloncancerpodcast.com. You can subscribe to the podcast on our website, on iTunes, or on the Stitcher app for listeners using an Android device. If you or a loved one has a question about colon cancer, please visit the Colon Cancer Alliance website at www.ccalliance.org. Again, that's www.ccalliance.org. You can also email your questions to us at info at Thanks again for listening. Be well, everyone.